Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study on the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You will not find one Bible verse, not one, not a, not a one to tell you to change your heart. God tells us to change our minds. And if I change my mind, God will change my heart. But if I don't change my mind, God won't change my heart. Y'all picking this up? You, 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 You cannot change your heart, but you can change your mind. How you change your mind, Pastor? That's why, you know, that's why, thank you, Miss Joanne. Praise the Lord. I'm going to wait till they catch up to you. How about that? (sighs) Poor business people. That's why the book of Proverbs we're going through on Wednesday night. Like, I didn't know this because I didn't, I'm not like that smart. And I couldn't like put it together like that. I just was feeling like, oh, well, Proverbs is pretty good. And I was talking to a pastor and many, many things led us to Proverbs. Little did I know that Proverbs and how to live and walk in the spirit is just a nice little marriage. It's a nice little marriage of two books. Because Proverbs is about wisdom. Proverbs is about changing your mind. Wisdom and instruction. And if you change your mind, then God then can change your heart. If you want to be a strong Christian, and you want to be strong in the Lord, you have to understand that the Christian life really is about your mind. You know, I'm not like a high theology guy. I don't really view myself as some high thinker or whatever. I like to keep it simple. And I like to put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them. Because I can talk to you for an hour, but if you don't understand what I'm saying, then you and I have wasted our time. So keep it simple. Sailor, kiss, (laughs) yes, (laughs) and here's keeping it simple for you. The Christian life is about the mind. It's about what you think. Proverbs 3, or probably 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The key to joy isn't a changed heart. The key to joy is a changed mind. People are so depressed in our culture. Have you noticed that? Uh, Americans, especially in this culture we live in today, seems to be bleeding. Christians are wounded and people are losing hope and losing the spiritual war, if you will, because they don't have a changed. Let me add this dot, 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 made up mind. They don't. They don't. 
And it seems that Satan is turning up the fire on people's mind. Have you noticed? An unprecedented amount of depression in the world. The devil wants to control your thoughts. The devil wants to control and distract you with social media. I talk a lot about social media of late. I make no apologies for it. Let me tell you why. Because it is affecting the world. And more importantly, as a preacher, if I'm saying I'm your friend and I'm your, I'm going to tell you the truth. Now, you might not like it. But I learned if you don't like the truth and something hits you a certain way, say out your amen. It's not my job to make you feel good. I want to help you. And I want God to help me to help you. And God help me, period. So social media and all of these things are seeming to me to be a distraction. And used to... Being careful here. Kind of dumb down the world. I'm not trying to be like insulting. I'm just telling you from my perspective. So everybody's all caught up with TikTok and this new everything is social media. And, and, and the problem is, is, is Christians are following the world. That's the bigger problem, and that is my bigger concern. The devil wants to control your thoughts because if he can control your thoughts, he can control your body and your spirit. His goal is to keep you from the plan of God in your life, and he wants to destroy you. The devil wants to destroy your peace. Are you listening to me? He wants to destroy your happiness and your contentment and your enthusiasm for life. Walk in the spirit. Look at verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Listen, every blood bought, born again, spirit filled Christian is in a battle. We live in this world and there is a war going on inside of us. Yes, we are new creations. But sin is still present within us. I've said this before, the Christian life is a battleground, not a playground. And it's unfortunate that many Christians live like it's a playground. When in fact, there's a war going on. When Paul talks about the flesh, keep that pen handy. He's talking about the depraved nature. The nature that every single person inherited from Adam, the depraved fleshly nature is hostile to God and selfish and evil. And listen, when we give our lives to Jesus and, the, and, and, and give our hearts to the Lord, the power of the flesh, the power of the flesh is broken. But the pull of evil or the evil desires within us still remain. So we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we talk about Paul, the apostle, he, he wrote in, in Romans seven. Paul talked about that there was a war going on in the inward man. He said, I got to summarize. Uh, keep that there. there. Thank you. 
there's a war going on in the inner man. And, and, and Paul said, I, I see this war against the law of my mind, bringing me into the law of captivity and sin. And then he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the bondage of this sin? Who shall deliver me from the bondage of sin or the body of death, he says. And then he says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ. So Paul there in 1 Corinthians, uh, Romans 7, is acknowledging and talking about the best. This is a great verse. Write it down and go read it in your own time. I got to move forward. So Paul in Romans 7 is talking about the very thing that we're talking about, about the war between the flesh and the spirit. There's a battle going on. And the flesh and the spirit is fighting to see which one will dominate your life. The fight and that's happening in each and every one of us is causing Conflicting desires. Y'all still with me? Conflicting desires. That's why you can love and hate. That's why you can curse with your mouth and bless with the same mouth. That's why you can proclaim Christ and lie to your friends. That's why you can read the Bible and watch videos that you shouldn't. That's why you can sing in the choir, amen, and have an affair. All right. That's church right there. You know, when you say something, it just kind of hits you. You go, well, uh, yes. I don't know why I'm doing my foot like this. Yes. It's true. The flesh and the spirit are opposed and fighting to be fed. So the we said it last week, didn't we? The one that you feed is the one that gets the most attention. And the more you feed it, the more it desires. So if you feed the flesh, guess what? You'll want more and more and more and more and more to flesh. We look at people who do terrible things to people and do terrible things to children. And you say, I cannot. How could they even do? Who can do that kind of thing? Well, feed your flesh long enough and you can too. Sin will take you further than you want to go. You'll stay longer than you want to stay and you'll pay more than you want to pay. And the church said, that's true. So you might say to me, Pastor Rodney, isn't the spirit more powerful than the flesh? Absolutely. And from a saving regeneration standpoint, the spirit has conquered the flesh. But there's still the presence of the flesh, the old man to be subdued. I think of the children of Israel when they enter the promised land. Don't you remember? God didn't allow them to conquer the land all at once. When they got to Canaan, the Canaan land, the enemy was entrenched and they had to drive. Read it, Joshua, read it. They had to drive out the enemies. The people of God had to fight for every square inch of the promised land. And they had to fight to maintain and keep the conquered promised land. 
And it took them many years to possess the entire land. And the Christian life, don't you see the correlation and the parallels? The Christian life is the same. I told you that the promised land symbolically Typology, the promised land speaks of the mature walk of the believer. The promised land does not speak of heaven. You know, there's a whole lot of spiritual songs written about it. You know, we're going to enter promised land and one day I'm going to enter the promised land where there are streets of gold. And there's a lot of songs written about the promised land and they are um, unbiblical. They're nice. I like them. I even like to sing them. But they're unbiblical because the promised land does not speak of like blessings and freedom and victory per se. The promised land speaks of the Christian entering into a life of maturity coming out of the wilderness of sin and crossing over into a life of Christian maturity. And getting maturity doesn't come easy. How many people know that? Whether you want to admit it or not, we all struggle with sin and temptation. Am I right about it? And we're in a war. With spiritual enemies who will not give up ground, there is no reprieve or rest from the struggle. Ephesians six twelve. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the host of wickedness in heavenly places. Ephesians six twelve. That word wrestle means to pin down, to put your foot on the neck. In the days of Rome... Wrestlers went into the ring to wrestle, and the idea was to get the hands around the neck and then to press the head until the opponent was not pinned down, but he was dead. Their games were very aggressive, to say the least. I mean, resulting in death qualifies for me, it's aggressive. Am I right about it? WWF is fake. Did y'all? Well, you know, I just kind of got that in the last few years, actually. I was like, I'm slow to the party. I'm slow to the party, I admit. But it's fake. It's phony. It's not real. But the battle that we're in is real. And it's not a battle against flesh and blood. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual battle. Two things I want to tell you. Take your pen handy. I'm almost done. Two things I want to tell you right here. Number one, talking about the struggle, talking about the battle, talking about the wrestling. Number one, the struggle, the battle is a normal part of Christian life. Listen to me. It kind of gets nicer right here. The struggle is a normal part of Christian life. I want to tell you that. And then secondly, talk about real quickly, the struggle, write it down, produces many benefits. The struggle is a normal part of Christian life. And number two, the struggle produces many benefits, and it's a good thing. Number one, quickly, the struggle is a normal part of Christian life. The struggle, somebody said, is real. It is. Many Christians 
don't like to hear what I'm about to say, but the struggle and the fighting is a part of the Christian life, the battle. Many Christians only want the victorious life. They only want the abundant life. They only want all things great. They only want victory in Christ. They come to Christ and they want to guarantee that no problems will ever happen with them because we can live the victorious, abundant, conquering life. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a defeatist, but I am a realist. And more importantly, this is not a, I'm going to say a biblicalist, but I'm not. That's not a word. Okay. I'm a Bible person. <laughs> and I believe what the Bible says. And the Bible talks about the victory that we have and the abundant life that we obtain from walking with Jesus. But the Bible also talks about the fact that there will be struggles in, in, in between that. Am I right about it? As a matter of fact, when you come to Christ, now only mature folk, only promised land folk know what I'm talking about right here. When you come to Christ, that's when actually the problems begin. Now, only the mature folk, promised land folk know what that means, right? The important thing is not that we're fighting, but who's on your side. The Bible says, the Bible says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The Bible tells us if God, saints, where y'all at? If God be for us. So the bigger question is who's on your side? That's a bigger statement. And, and, and no, being a Christian doesn't exempt us from struggle. If you're struggling, listen to me. This sermon is good news for you, actually. Because if you're struggling, that means, watch, I'm almost done. If you're struggling, that means that you really are a Christian. Oh, y'all even know where I'm going. I don't even need to say the rest, but I will because I wrote it. And I'm going to say it. Unbelievers don't struggle. huh? Unbelievers live comfortably in their sin. If sin is a burden, if you feel like it is a struggle, at least it is a burden and it is a struggle because that means that there is a spirit of God alive in you. Now, that doesn't give you a license, sir, to go do whatever it is, because I'm just going to keep on struggling. Because some folk, you know what I'm telling you, folk will walk away and go, Pastor Rodney said, I'm just going to keep on struggling. Yes, I'm going to keep on keeping on in the struggle. I like the struggle. Nope, you shouldn't like the struggle now. Say, say amen. Shouldn't like the struggle. But if you are struggling and you are feeling burdened, that's a good thing. The second thing I want to tell you is that the struggle produces many benefits and it is a good thing. It is. Struggling is actually a part of the growth process. And there are many benefits that come with struggling. Benefits like struggling reveals our inbuilt weakness. Struggling reveals that. You know, if you think you're strong, well, now you find yourself struggling. You go, well, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. And it reveals the inherent inbuilt weakness. 
Struggling kills pride and arrogance. You listening to me? Struggling humbles us. Struggling forces us to lean on God for help. Say amen. Struggling causes us to love Jesus more who delivers us from the struggle. Struggling leads us to act like normal Christians and not like religious people. Isn't that right, Deacon? It's right. Because religious folk don't think they struggle. They don't have no problems. I don't do anything wrong. I don't have no, I'm just righteous. No, you're not. So when you're struggling, right, that makes you like, hey, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And I'm in no position to judge you when I got my own sin to deal with. Problem is, some folks don't worry about what you're doing. They need to find their own business. Oh, Lord Jesus. It's my blood pressure, y'all. It's my blood pressure. I'm just going to blame it on the blood pressure. Blame it on the BP. Struggling encourages us to develop holy habits daily. It forces us to lean on other brothers and sisters for help. And these are just to name a few. I know that you can uh, add to that list as well. Struggling, saints, is not sin. It's not. God allows it so we'll look to him. When you're struggling, what should you do? What should I do, pastor? Read the Bible more. Read the Bible more. Get, get, Get a renewed mind. You know, don't pray, Lord, deliver me from a struggle. As Christian folk, we like to pray about stuff and don't do nothing about it. Okay, we love to pray about things. Oh, hey, can you help us vacuum the church and clean up because we have church service? Well, let me pray. Let me seek the Lord. You got to seek the Lord to vacuum the church? That's a whole nother level of spirituality I know nothing and want to know nothing about. Okay, that's just religious. Read the Bible more. Get a renewed mind. What do you do when you're struggling? Stay humble. Watch and pray. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Be sure you're taking little steps in the right direction and not the wrong direction. You know, we all got to check in, y'all. Starting right here. Everybody, everyone. We got to check in like, hey, what direction am I going? Now, I'm starting to admit in my older age now that that's kind of a tough thing for guys. I mean, we don't, uh, we don't like to be told the directions. I don't know about you, but I was, Miss Elvira told me that, and I said, no, I don't mind at all. Yeah. And soon she tell me, well, honey, make it right here. I know where I'm going. <laughs> I've been down this street a hundred times. I know where I'm going, man. We don't like it. But we need to do it. Spiritually, we need to check in to see what direction we are going. And when you fall, get up when, not if, but when you fall, then just get up and start moving with God again. It's not that difficult. It's really not that difficult. And just let me close by saying simply and clearly, walking in the spirit is not some mystical experience that only super Christians experience. Walking in the Spirit is designed by God for every single Christian. Walking in the Spirit 
is simply choosing every day to take tiny steps toward God. You foolish, foolish Galatians. This is what I want to know. Did you receive the spirit by the works of a law or by the hearing of faith? So when you receive the spirit, then you just start walking daily little steps. If you haven't been reading the Bible every day, tomorrow morning, start. Take your Bible, go through, just read. Even if you can't come on Wednesday night, then just read. One proverb a day is 31 of them. If you read one proverb a day, you read the book of Proverbs in one month. Except February. (laughs) Right? You have to bleed over into March. But okay, fine. You understand my point, right? Walk in the Spirit. It's just choosing to take those tiny, tiny steps toward God. Tiny steps don't remove the struggle. But they are causing us to get little tiny victories. You know, we want to go to sleep and wake up a strong Christian. It don't happen like that. Just like you don't go to sleep one years old and wake up 17 years old. True, right? We all struggle. Let's bring, let's plan to bring our desires and bring our struggles to the feet of God. And allow the Holy Spirit to minister to each of us. And don't pray about it. You ain't hear that very often. Not a pastor, don't pray about it. You don't need to, some of the things we talk about today, you don't need to pray about. You do it. You wake up and you read the Bible. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.